Ron DeSantis keeps showing us how he is different than Donald Trump and how Donald Trump is beginning to look more like a leftist. Republicans score a big win in North Carolina and, well, not Republicans, conservatives. And the Los Angeles Dodgers, my team, supports a hate group. This is Gene and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Oh, lots of news, lots of news. As Joe Biden runs to a helicopter so he can jump on a plane, so he can go to Japan during the worst border crisis in American history, during a debate about the debt ceiling, and he's being challenged for the presidency. So good for Joe Biden. Way to keep your... Uh, way to keep your your priorities in line. So Joe Biden is going to go to, he was going to go to Australia. He was going to go to Japan. He was going to visit the v, uh, G7. And uh, now he's going to cut his trip short. He's going to come back on Sunday. So he's going to skip Australia, but he's going to visit Japan. Now, one country that he was supposed to visit was China, and it turns out that Xi Jinping of China is not even answering his phone calls. So that was canceled because that's the kind of respect the country has for him. So good for Joe Biden. He's doing a great job. He is continuing to uh, have the priorities of the country in hand. Um, don't worry about the 12,000 people that are crossing the southern border a day or the terrorists that are crossing the southern border. Worry about the homeless, the crime, uh, the inflation, the debt ceiling, the uh, interest rates, the uh, potential recession. Oh, that's the other thing. We probably are in a recession right now. So, yeah, forget all that stuff. Go to Japan, which doesn't really mean anything to us right now. Okay, so let's get to, let's, let's, that isn't news, but you might as well know about it. Let's get to the news. A lot of news. Well, it took, it took the media about 24 hours to digest this Durham report and finally say something positive negative about it and yeah it's all over the internet now it's all over the news media this is all a conspiracy theory it's a big nothing burger we knew all about it well yeah we knew all about it two years four years ago because we were all saying four years ago it was a bullshit it was a bullshit the whole trump russia conspiracy was bullshit we were saying that four years ago five years ago six years ago when they started this whole thing and now they're saying, yeah, well, it's not true. Yeah, it's it's all crap. It doesn't prove a thing. Well, here's the newsflash. It is the biggest it is the biggest scandal we've had in American history, a scandal that goes all the way up to Barack Obama. And like I said yesterday, this is a thousand times worse than Watergate because Nixon basically worked on his own. He had his own people, he worked on his own. He didn't contract the FBI and the CIA to help him out. Whereas um, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton did. Now, I don't know if Barack Obama did. I'll take that back. Uh, he knew about it. We, I mean, it says it in the report. He knew about it. He didn't stop it. Whether he, he actually helped is unknown. 
unclear. But we do know, we do know that uh, Hillary Clinton did. She was pushing this whole thing. And of course, you know, we're supposed to basically ignore it. So essentially, the media has been lying to you for seven years. And now they're telling you, well, trust us, this is nothing. So we're supposed to believe them now. Well, the one I believe is Bill Barr. And the reason I believe Bill Barr about the Durham report is, one, he did hire Durham because he did see problems. And two, he doesn't like Trump. He was under Trump, but he doesn't like Trump. So he had some he had some things to say about this report. I thought they were kind of interesting. The first thing he said was, this is one of the greatest injustices done to a presidential candidate and a president. And he, Trump, was treated unfairly here. So, he is vindicated as far as the Russian gate is concerned. Now, you, you'll be shocked to hear this, but MSNBC is still saying there's evidence that, I mean, yesterday they said this, that there was evidence that Trump was dealing with Russia, that there was some collusion there. When in fact, there is absolutely zero evidence there was collusion between Trump and Russia. And now there is a mound of evidence that there was collusion between Clinton and, and Russia. We, we know this now. We talked about it yesterday. It's not a secret. He was also asked about Trump running again. And he said this, and the fact that he was able to accomplish a lot in the face of it, which is the Russia collusion, I think is a great achievement. I have other problems. I'm not supporting him for renomination, but he was right on this. And this is a vindication. He had, a, he had it right from the beginning. Now, I like Bill Barr. A lot of people don't. A lot of Trump people don't. My dad can't stand him. Uh, I, I don't understand this. That doesn't make any sense to me why you wouldn't like Bill Barr. Bill Barr has been around for lots of presidents. He's a very stoic guy. He's a very intellectual guy. He is a right and wrong guy. He's not a party guy. What this guy says carries a lot of weight with me. Of course, Trump doesn't like him. Trump supporters don't like him. Well, I got news to you. This guy should be having his ass kicked, kissed by Donald Trump because this guy vindicated him. All right, let's get to the other news. Big victory for uh, conservatives. North Carolina lawmakers Tuesday overrode a Demo Democratic Governor Roy Cooper's veto of a bill that would ban abortions after 12 weeks. The Senate and the House in North Carolina have a supermajority of Republicans. They did vote for this uh, bill, which would ban abortions after 12 weeks, which 12 weeks is when the heartbeat is detectable. Actually, the heartbeat's detectable earlier than that, but 12 weeks is okay. And um, it turns out that... Uh, he vetoed the bill, this Cooper character vetoed the bill, and then the supermajorities of the House and Senate said, F you, and they passed the law anyway. By the way, this is how conservatives are going to win. And Republicans better start learning this. Because you can't sit there and be anti-abortion halfway. And their next story will show that. This is the problem I have with Trump. 
Trump is going around saying that a 12-week, six-week ban, these are extremes. No, they're not. Abortion is extreme. Abortion needs to go away. It needs to be eliminated from our culture, just like slavery was. It is that bad. Republicans, on the other hand, um, they see this as an extreme political stance that they don't want to fight because they might lose leftist voters or some liberal voters. Well, I, I don't know. You, Everyone talks about justice and crap like that. Justice for babies seems to be something we should be fighting for. So you don't have to like my opinions on abortion, but the reality is you have, you have to sit back and, and argue with me when it comes to this stuff, and that's what Republicans aren't willing to do. And this is why I don't consider myself a Republican anymore. I consider myself more of an independent, simply because my stances are, are considered extreme by Republicans. Well, I say F them and vote them out. That's what I, I, I believe. If a Republican doesn't want to stand with that, vote them out. And now we get to President Trump. So President Trump's been going hard on Ron DeSantis. He had a comment about DeSantis, who is implementing a six-week abortion ban. Now, this ban is probably not going to stay. It's probably going to get overruled by a court. And the Supreme Court will probably say, no, you can't do that. Because we still have, even though it's a conservative Supreme Court, we have a cowardly Supreme Court. They will cave on this issue. And so we, we, we have to actually go through legislation and, and continue to do this. But this is the fight. Well, Donald Trump took the standard Republican stance on this. He said that the six-week ban that DeSantis implemented was uh, extreme, which is a weird take because basically it's going to the left of Ron DeSantis in this case. He's not fighting. He can't even sit there and say Ron DeSantis good for him. He has to go to the left of Ron DeSantis and say, oh, y'all, no, we can't do six-week abortion. Here's a reality, a conservative like me. I want to get rid of abortion altogether. I don't want a six-week abortion ban. I want an abortion ban. Well, Ron DeSantis had a response to that, and guess what? That response pretty awesome. Uh, former President Donald Trump recently stated that many within the pro-life communal movement, uh, they are, they feel that your six-week abortion ban is too harsh. What are your thoughts on that? Protecting um, an unborn child when there's the detectable heartbeat uh, is something that almost probably 99% of pro-lifers support. Uh, it's something that other states like Iowa under Governor Kim Reynolds uh, have enacted. And I think that uh, as a Florida resident, you know, he didn't give an answer about uh, would you have signed the heartbeat bill that Florida did? They had all the exceptions that people talk about. The legislature put it in. Uh, I signed the bill. I was proud to do it. He won't answer whether he would sign it or not. Chris. This is how this is how Ron DeSantis is going to get somewhere. This is the problem that Donald Trump has. Ron DeSantis is being proactive. He is implementing conservative policies. And he's showing in the state of Florida that these policies are working. Whereas Donald Trump 
first, can't be more conservative than Ron DeSantis is. So he can only attack Ron DeSantis from the left. Oh, that's way too extreme an abortion. But what? And then the second problem that Donald Trump has, he can only react. He's in no power right now. Ron DeSantis is doing something. Donald Trump is doing nothing but bitching. This is not a good way to run a campaign. This is one of the reasons why Ron DeSantis will run for president because he doesn't want to go four years not doing anything, which is what he'd be doing. He'd be running, I think he can, he'd go through 2026 and then he'd be out of politics till 2028. Instead, he wants to continue doing, doing, doing and then run for president. And then when President Trump says, yeah, well, I could do that. Well, yeah, but you didn't. And uh, I'm doing it right now. Ron DeSantis, in order to, to in, in, in the next news story, Ron DeSantis continues to do stuff. Now, one of the things Ron DeSantis has said about Donald Trump is that all this talk about a wall between Mexico and the United States never happened. The truth is, Donald Trump built 450 miles of wall, which is good. Um, everything was set up for more wall, but Congress stopped him. Everyone stopped him from building this wall. And Ron DeSantis is pointing that out. Well, you were an ineffective president. You didn't build the wall. You said you were going to build the wall. It didn't happen. Well, what's the best thing Florida can do or DeSantis can do? How about send resources to Texas to help them with the with the illegal alien crisis. That's exactly what he's doing right now. He is sending 800 Florida National Guard, 101 Florida Highway Patrol, 200 Florida Depart uh, police officers, 20 Florida Fish and Ga Wildlife Cons Conservation Officers, 20 emergency management personnel, 17 unmanned aerial vehicles or drones, and their support teams, 10 vessels, which I would assume are ships, uh, boats, five fixed-wing aircraft for monitoring, and two aviation teams, plus two mobile command centers. In other words, he's doing something about it. Now, Trump can sit there, and, and Trump's big argument here, I know he'll say something, he'll sit back because... DeSantis has been saying, well, there's no wall there. That's half the problem. We were promised a freaking wall by this president last time. We didn't get a wall. Now we've got a migration crisis, an, an invasion. And this guy keeps complaining that he built 450 miles of wall. Well, apparently he didn't buy it, build enough. And he didn't fight hard enough. That's what he's saying. He is saying, DeSantis is saying that. And Trump, what's he going to say? What he's going to say is, well, now Florida's using their resources for another state. Wow, wasting money. That's what he'll say. And it, it, you'll look at, which, by the way, the left leftist press is saying. DeSantis is a winner, dude. He's He's got it. And I know my dad is all pissed off about, about DeSantis and doesn't think much of him. But I keep telling my dad, Dad, you're wrong here. DeSantis is going to kick the sh garbage out of uh, 
uh, Trump. If if people really, I, and DeSantis is moving up. And by the way, he still hasn't declared yet. He'll be declaring. I I'm pretty sure he'll declare this weekend. But when he does declare, he's going to get a hell of a bump. Don't be surprised that this primary is a lot closer than we thought. So the open. AI CEO Sam Altman testified in front of the Senate on Tuesday, and he talked about some of the risks of artificial intelligence. Now, I do want to point out that Sam Altman, also AI itself, pretty leftist. Okay, now I've been playing with AI. I use AI almost on a daily basis. I kid you not, because it's basically the Google search engine on heroin. It's a very good application. Here's the problem. It's also a leftist application. So if you ask AI, if you ask ChatGPT, for example, can a man be a woman? It'll tell you yes. If you ask it if abortion is should be is moral, it'll say yes. It, it, it really does it really does have some leftist leanings, which is my problem with AI. What you put into it is what... And I think I actually had a podcast that talked about that. But there are some risks with AI. Uh, And now, it's not Terminator-style, the robots will take over crap. I mean, I know a lot of people talk about that. That's very unlikely to happen, only because uh, there are safeguards that we can actually use with AI to avoid that kind of crap. Not saying it can't happen if we abuse it. I'm saying that there are ways to avoid that. His big concern is how it's going to affect the economy. So he said this. He said, we take risks of this technology very seriously and we'll continue to do so in the future. We believe that the government and the industry together can manage the risks so that we can all enjoy its tremendous potential. So basically, what the big problem with AI is, it's going gonna, it's gonna to kill some jobs. Secretarial work, it'll kill. Um, uh, things like mundane jobs, secretarial work, assistant jobs, some data entry. It will kill those jobs. Um, places like McDonald's and In-N-Out, they're already using, uh, Jack in a Box, I'm sorry, are already using testing AI to see if they, they can replace workers at drive throughs right? So this stuff does have some problems when it comes to our economy and our culture. Now, again, he's kind of a leftist. And so one of the things he talked about was heavy regulations and unemployment benefits, which I disagree with completely. I mean, personally, I think there's there's lots of jobs out there, lots of jobs that AI can't do, and people are going to have to find those jobs. I mean, I here's the thing. The way we deal with technology that goes above and beyond what we may be used to, where questions and consequences come to light and we need to deal with it, how we deal with that in the United States is we adapt. That's what the free market is for. That's what it is really good at. Regulations and unemployment benefits are not the way to adapt. It just further destroys a, a person's um, potenti- 
potentiality, it destroys a person's purpose. So let's say secretarial jobs are destroyed. Let's say some data assistance, data entry jobs are destroyed. Well, what we need to do is let the free market kind of adapt to that. And eventually, and people will actually adapt and they will find other jobs and they will develop other skills that AI can actually work with. And I think that's important. But to sit there and, okay, we'll just give people who don't work money and we will dump this and we will set regulations. All that does is hinder that adapt, adaptation that is necessary. And it doesn't solve anything. Because the reality is, if I'm a guy who works at Jack in a Box, and my job as the drive-through order taker gets replaced, and I'm just going to give a lot of money, given a lot of money to stay unemployed, that doesn't help the people at Jack in a Box that are actually working. You see the point? Not to mention it doesn't make my life better, because I have no purpose in my life. It may seem irrelevant that I'm just taking orders at Jack in the Box, but the reality is I'm earning a paycheck. I'm 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 productive member of society, and that's a huge problem. By the way, I I don't know if you can tell I've got a major cold and I'm very stuffed up, but that's a huge problem. So I think the attitudes towards AI AI is going to AI is going to take over, whether you like it or not, it's going to take over, and. Nothing is going to stop it now. I know there's, Elon Musk has said that, hey, maybe we should put a pause on this thing. For It's not going to happen because there's too much potential and too many things can be done. So he continued. He also said, uh, this Altman, Sam Altman, he said, we understand that new AI tools can have profound impacts on the labor market. As part of our mission, we are working to understand the economic impacts of our products and take steps to minimize the harmful effects for workers and businesses. We expect significant economic impacts from AI in the near term, including a mix of increased productivity from individual users. An individual user, I could see this really helping, is like a lawyer. Okay? It will actually get rid of of paralegals, they won't be necessary anymore because things like contracts can be written by AI. Okay, job it will create job creation. Well, someone's going to have to maintain AI. IT, the information technology sector, is not going to get smaller because of this. It's just going to get larger. Job transformation. Some of these paralegals will probably have to become lawyers. Some of these people who work in, for example, they create um, apps for cell phones, might have to transform and start writing AI information. Writers will have to compete with AI. The film industry will have to transform so that people can adapt into AI. That's that's the adapt, adaptation I was talking about. And of course, job displacement. And job displacement means, hey, you're replaced. We got a computer that can do it better than you. He continues, we are actively seeking to understand the relative proportions of these factors. 
And I think that's what the, the, the scary thing is when it comes to AI. We really just don't know. Okay, so that's the news. A lot of news. Now, let's get to our first story, which will be our only story today because there was so much news. So, this story, I love this story. This falls under the category of fuck around and find out. F-A-F-O. Model. I mean, this is, this is great. So, Texas continues to send illegal aliens to places like Chicago, New York, Maryland, they're sending them to Colorado. They're sending them all over the place. All of these sanctuary states. Where they really need to send them is San Francisco and Los Angeles. Uh, they are a little bit, but not enough. Um, and now people are beginning to bitch about it. And I could not be happier. Good. This You guys get what you deserve. Now, here's a Of course, well, New York is. New York's actually beginning to blame the, the Biden administration, but places like Chicago, they're not. Places like Baltimore, they're not. Colorado, they're not blaming the Biden administration. They're blaming Greg Abbott. So here's a piece from a local news outlet about the covering the influx of illegal aliens and them now being moved to the south side of Chicago, which is primarily a black portion of Chicago. Now, understand something. I'm from Chicago. I'm from Oaklawn. I think it's called Oak Park now. But this area of Chicago is not really all black. There are certain black areas, but there's a lot of Polish areas, a lot of Italian areas. All right. So there is, there. it's kind of a mix. But this area apparently is a black area. Uh, and one of the things the city wants to do is move these illegal aliens into a high school, into the gymnasium of a high school. Yeah, that's not going over real well. Let's let's listen to the news report. Inside South Shore International College Prep. Excuse me, the question must be. Hundreds of residents gather to hear from city leaders on a plan to move migrants to the old South Shore High School. I think what's important is that we really establish that this is a humanitarian crisis. And we're here. You're not supposed to interrupt. You're not supposed to interrupt. Members of Mayor Lightfoot's administration were supposed to give a presentation, but were interrupted by angry outbursts. and decided to move directly to residents' questions. One being, how many asylum seekers would be housed here? We were looking at a potential phased approach, utilizing the first floor first only. What that means, you can fit up to, we'd start with 250, 500. I'm ticked off, you're doing this wrong, you're doing it wrong. 250 people? Give me a break. We have several home-based daycares. Who are they? Who are we going to be dealing with? I'm directly across the street. I have to fear for the children that I care for. I think it would be very fair for every homeless immigrant that you bring in that you scoop up one of the homeless individuals in our community. I think that would be fair. And that you also provide that bed, that shower, that meal. Oh, hearing all those people bitch. 
It's so delicious. Because all these people voted for Lori Lightfoot. Now they voted for this Brandon Anderson guy who is to the left of Lori Lightfoot. So I'm going to say this. Fuck them. They got what they deserved. But it gets better. It gets better. More bitching and moaning at a protest that happened outside of that high school. Listen to the people go off. These resources that have not come to us, now you want to overly compensate for people who never lived here before, and they really need to be taken care of first and foremost before anything else happens here. Why would any leader put our black communities already riddled with crime at further risk by placing unvetted non-taxpayers steps away from our our seniors, our children, and our homes we've worked so hard on our own to secure. We are at war, people. Our communities are at war. They are violating our communities, and we asking that we have, we across the country, we asking that we're demanding for office of black America or whatever you want to call it, to deal with issues like this. Uh, I did get placed on the wait list, but I was told that the immigrants were taking priority. See, that's a story that a lot of people don't know, and it just, it hurt me. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I understand we need to be humanitarian, but these people are, that my participant are third and fourth generation Chicagoan, born, bred, fed, and raised here. My grandmother, May Rutherford Carrington, rest in peace, always said, Craig, charity starts at home first, and then it go abroad. Politically, having over 500 people in our community would completely wipe out any interest we have. Many of these migrants have been dumped in our neighborhoods without a plan in place to monitor and house them long term. I'm not yeah. selling nothing. And yeah. I keep telling people, that big you don't have to move. If you out. sell, they're going to come in. Yeah. If we don't sell, we got to stand strong and That's right. It just amazes me how many black people are such bigots. Oh, they're not. I've been saying this forever. Everything they're saying, conservatives have been arguing against forever. This is why we didn't want illegal immigration. This is why we wanted control. Illegal immigration causes crime. I'm sorry, it does. We don't know who these people are. We don't know what they do. We don't know what they can do. How are they going to help our society? But hello, we're bad. Because we sit back and we say, hey, we don't want this. We're bad. We're called bigots. We're called racists. Now, these guys are saying it, and for some reason, it's okay. For some reason, it's okay that they say it. This is one of the things that pisses me off. First off, why is it when they say it, it's it's okay, but when we say it, it's racist? And we've been saying this for 10, 20 years. It's not like illegal immigration has never been an issue before. Been an issue my entire lifetime. But now these guys are pitching. Well, no, that's what you wanted. You're a sanctuary city. You guys voted for this. Fuck you. You got what you deserved. 
I don't feel sorry for any of you. You deserve it. As a matter of fact, I think I said this the other day, Greg Abbott should be filling 747s filled with illegal aliens and sending them to Chicago, sending them to New York, sending them to Washington, D.C., sending them to Martha's Vineyard. Then when all hell breaks loose, then maybe, then maybe, these assholes in Washington, D.C. will do something about it. But because you guys chose this, fuck you, enjoy. I hope everything, the worst things happen to the city of Chicago and these people. I hope they do. And the reason is because that's the only way, the only way anything's going to get done is when these people have to suffer. So I hope it happens. Okay, I know I ended up on a, I, I ended up on a rant, but the, these videos, I thought it was funny. Now I'm looking at it, not funny, it's tragic. And we've been complaining about this for a little bit longer than forever, and no one does anything about it. And now that it's affecting blue cities, F you, take it, take it right up the ass, enjoy. And then maybe... You dumbasses over there in Chicago, in New York, in Baltimore, in Martha's Vineyard, maybe then you guys will start uh, coming to reality a little bit and voting for the people who are going to end this crap. And I got news for you. I think it's going to happen. I think either Trump or DeSantis, they're going to win by a landslide in 2024 because this shit is only getting worse. And we've got a president who spends 40% of his time on vacation, another 20% traveling the world to irrelevant locations throughout the world. He doesn't give a rat's ass. Okay, have a great day, guys. I'll talk to you tomorrow, and God bless. This is Gene, and you listen to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>